0: The Cincinnati Reds had like a hundred pitchers toe the rubber at Great American Ballpark this year and they can't all come back next year. That's just the rules. Steve and I will give you the pitchers that we have the most confidence in a return for and we will discuss Great American Ballpark, the sports book, all on today's Locked On Reds.
1: You are Locked On Reds, your
0: daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are locked on Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and for more than four years now apiece, we have taken that passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have turned it into information for you in podcast form. On today's podcast, we are going to tell you who we think has a chance to compete for a spot in the 2023 reds bullpen and more specifically just on the pitching staff in general because there are a couple of guys that uh future is yet to be determined whether they're going to be a relief pitcher whether they're going to be a starting pitcher so we're going to try and talk about that a little bit as well jeff you know uh the reds as you mentioned up top ran in probably a hundred different guys uh, at one point or another like uh in, during the course of this season, as far as, as the pitching staff goes, and, you know, based on our attire today, this is going to be the Avengers version of the, or at least the Spider-Man version of baby. Uh, the the Locked on Reds podcast. You know, we're going to do like a little, uh, you know, uh, Spidey senses tingling as we b- go through these pitchers and try and figure out who's going to be around and who's not.
0: Yeah, there's definitely quite a few guys that I think we can be confident that they're not going to be back. So we're really not going to get into a lot of those Hunter Strickland, but there are some guys that we need to discuss. Now, firstly, let's start with the guys that we have the most confidence in. Let's all say it together. It's Hunter Green, (laughs) it's Nick Lodolo, it's Graham Ashcraft, and it's Alexis Diaz. Those guys are coming back come hell or high water. 100% confidence. We will see them in the Reds pitching staff
1: next year. Yeah, you said that in the wrong order, though. It's going to be Nicolodolo on opening day, followed by Hunter Green and Graham Ashcraft. I'm, 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 I'm telling you right now, Nicolodolo is your opening day starter. That's the way that I'm, I'm calling it. I'm predicting it. But you're absolutely right. Those four guys are absolute locks. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. Nicolodolo delivered a tremendous rookie season. Uh, he got better every time out, and he's just only going to continue to grow and get better. Hunter Green uh, started off great, had some struggles there in the middle, and then really came on there at the end and had figured out a lot of things and was blowing the ball right by guys. They didn't stand a chance. Graham Ashcraft, you know, he's the third guy that that we think will be back in the starting rotation. And up until the injury air quotes again around the word injury, I think his arm just really ran out of gas Uh, up until that point. He was pitching great. Uh, I think they rushed him back from that. They should have left him shut down. So he didn't end the season on a on a very high note, but I have no doubt that he's going to do his work in the off season and come back ready to go uh, for 2023. So those three guys, one, two, and three, no question marks at all about what the top end of the reds rotation looks like. And then we know what the back end of the bullpen looks like. We know who the guy is going to be that the reds rely on to come in, not necessarily in the ninth inning, I don't think, but in any situation where the reds need s- someone to come in and absolutely just shut it down. And that's going to be Alexis Diaz.
0: Yeah, the ace of the bullpen is unquestionably Alexis Diaz. I mean, barring the Reds surprising every single person in Cincinnati and in Reds country as a whole and going out and paying significant money for a actual you know, closer-type dude, <clears throat> they're not going to do that. Uh, Alexis Diaz is the guy, and it's very obvious. In, in Ashcraft, I know that there were some folks that were talking – you know, after his his last three starts of the season, really not going very well at all. And people thinking, hmm, is this proof that he needs to not be a lock for the rotation? No, there's nothing about that that gives me any pause. This was the longest professional season of his career. This is the first taste he's had of Major League Baseball. Dude was just wearing down it happens he's he's gonna come back better and uh ready for 2023 no
1: doubt Oh yeah he absolutely ran out of gas and speaking of guys that don't have any gas in their arm let's talk about mike minor for a minute because (laughs) the cincinnati reds do in fact have a mutual option for mike minor at wait for it, $13 million to bring him back as a starting pitcher for 2023. We can pay someone a whole lot less to give up the same amount of home runs. There is 0% chance that the Reds exercise this option.
0: In a perfect world for Bob and Phil Castellini, they would pay like three or four players what they would pay for that option for Mike Minor. They're absolutely not bringing him back. I mean, Steve, when he was healthy, he wasn't good and he wasn't healthy very much. So I I, I don't look at them, uh, bringing him back quite at all. There's another guy in the rotation that I'm interested in. And I know that we didn't see a lot of him to really know, but I would like to see Justin Dunn at least be brought back to compete. I I think that he's definitely going to be on this roster next year, whether or not he's in the rotation on opening day, or he is a relief pitcher opening day. That's a different question though.
1: Yeah, He's one of those guys I have on the list of being on the team, but just not sure where their role is going to be. Uh, I think Dunn showed us enough to to warrant a look at being on the major league roster. I think that uh, the Reds have enough uh, confidence in him that he's going to be pitching in the majors. I don't know if he's a middle of the middle of the game kind of guy out of the bullpen or a starter. I I, my initial impression of him, Jeff, was that he may be better suited to come out of the bullpen and just come in and throw his two best pitches and get you a couple innings that way. Uh, That's where I'm leaning. But, you know, stranger things have happened. And the fourth and the fifth rotation spot are going to be up for grabs. Another guy in that mold, Jeff, I think is Connor Overton. He's coming back off of an injury. We did see him over the last few weeks of the season pitching piggyback with Graham Ashcraft, which I thought was good usage of him to just kind of get him a look heading into the offseason. And for me, he's another guy that I think is borderline, whether he's going to be a starter or whether he'll be in the Reds bullpen. I think either way, though, healthy, he'll be on this major league roster to start the season. Uh, One thing we saw out of him, he started four games in may before that back injury sidelined him for a long period of time he was really good in those starts mm-hmm. jeff i mean he he did well so if he can get back to that form maybe he competes to be the fifth starter on this team in 2023
0: because that was when nick lodolo and hunter green were kind of just getting revved up and trying to figure out this major league game and everybody's just like is Connor Overton the best pitcher we got right now? <laughs> and, and I think that was a little bit more tongue in cheek, but I definitely agree with you. I think he's going to be on this roster in some capacity. And look, you're going to continue to have you know growing pains for the top three guys. You're going to have guys come up from AAA like uh, uh, Brandon Williamson, and I mean may, we might see Andrew Abbott at some point next year as well. So you're going to need those guys that are in the bullpen that. Can give you three, four innings if your starter just absolutely blows up early on. I mean, we saw that even in the playoffs here recently when you're looking at the Braves and Max Free just lost it. Sometimes you just don't have it. I mean, looking at Max Scherzer in the wild card round, if Max Scherzer can give up four home runs in a game, certainly anyone can give up four or you know five or whatever in a game. So I, you need those long men, and Connor Overton fits that mold
1: perfectly. He does, and uh, you know, in this day and age in Major League Baseball, you need more than five starters. We all know yes. it. You need six, seven, eight guys that can go out there and start a game for you because it's a long season, and pitchers' arms are are wonky creations. They they wear out, they get tired, they need a break. Even when there's not a real injury, sometimes a guy needs to skip a start, and you need yeah. someone else that can step up.
0: Now this is where it makes me think, because we were talking about Justin Dunn, does he fit in the rotation? Does he fit in the bullpen? Connor Overton, does he fit in the rotation? Does he fit in the bullpen? Luis Sessa. I think we both agree. He's definitely back next year. He's at the uh, tail end of his arbitration year. So he's going to be a free agent at the end of next season. He showed a little bit of promise out of the rotation last year. I wouldn't say he was consistent, but he also showed that he's got value wherever he pitches in the staff. So I think he's also kind of on the border as well, but I think I have him starting the year in the bullpen.
1: I think so, too. I think he is going to be given an opportunity to compete for that rotation just based on what they did with him this year. Listen, it was unfair what the Reds ask of him to jump into that rotation when they ask him to do it with no prep time at all. And we're just like, here you go. Go for it. Do do your best. Um, That's an unfair ask. And yet he never complained. He never made excuses. He went out there and worked hard. That, for me, at least earns him the opportunity to compete to be the fourth or fifth guy in the rotation. There, there's a lot of people that are going to be competing for this job. I, there's, there's two rotation spots open, and I can count four to five guys are going to be competing for those two spots after and, the top three.
0: And that's just the guys on the roster. I firmly believe they should go out and get a vet dude, a solid starter, not a guy that's going to cost a lot of money and probably not a guy that's going to inspire a lot of people, but a dude who could compete. I mean, you could conceivably go after Corey Kluber and sign him for vet minimum or something like that. So we'll have to see how that all unfolds. Corey Kluber's not the only guy I'm thinking of there, uh, but we'll Mm. definitely have a lot more to discuss in that realm. But
1: You know, one last thought before you go on with Luis Sessa. The other thing about him that makes him very, very attractive in this hybrid role is his arm number is just a little bit north of $2 million. So for a starting pitcher at $2 million, that's really not a bad deal. That's that's right. the kind of that's the kind of savings that the Castellini people are building produce stands on. They're looking for that kind <laughs> of a deal. So, I think that that makes him a, a viable candidate, and I don't think they're going to hesitate at all to pick up that R value.
0: So, are we saying that Luis Sessa's nickname should be the Blue Light Special?
1: something like that or the the (laughs) cantaloupe cannon the cantaloupe (laughs) cannon you know the the leader of the apple gang i don't know what we're gonna call Uh, him but we could do some produce things there yes absolutely that's,
0: that's doing him a disservice but yeah no no i i definitely agree with you that fits the mold for what they're looking for specifically i'll tell you what though there was a lot of guys that pitched out of this bullpen last year and um not all of them that we have the best of confidence in returning. So there's some guys that we're going to talk about coming up here in just a moment that we really aren't sure if they're going to be here. I'll tell you what, I'm not sure about the dress shirt either, man. I think you've seen me now on a couple of different podcasts. If you watch the locked on reds podcast, I wear a lot of t-shirts and sometimes I'll wear a polo if I'm feeling really formal dress shirts suck. Like you put them on, even if they fit right in the neck, they don't fit right in the chest or maybe the arms you feel all, you know, you just can't get the movement, but Roan clothing is here to help. They took on the challenge of building the more comfortable dress shirt and they've succeeded. It's flexible and it's breathable and it's comfortable, which is the most important thing. And it's got all of this. And here's why mobility is everything. Roan's comfortable four way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf looking good is easy. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle free shirt without the hassle. How many times have you had to pull out the iron to iron that stupid dress shirt that just won't stay flat. Roan's got you helped out there. Plus, it's got odor-free tech called Gold Fusion. They've got anti-odor technology that you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that Roan is 100% machine washable so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. The commuter shirt by Roan can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next, head to roan.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your whole order. When you go to rhonecom com slash L O C K E D O N. And use the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Again, upgrade your closet with Roan and use promo code LOCKEDON to save 20% at Roan.com slash LOCKEDON. Coming up tomorrow, who will we give some awards to? We're going to give our awards out for best pitcher, best hitter, and the most obscurest of obscure x reds from 2022 that's right ken we're gonna help you shop buddy when it comes to reds fest because we're going to give you the premier obscure x reds jersey make sure you check out tomorrow's episode steve
1: i'm sure i'm sure ken's happy about that i heard he was looking into a second mortgage on his house so he could get all the jerseys for this year so
0: There's going to be a lot. I mean, we haven't had Reds Fest for a couple of years, so he's going to have a lot of negotiating to do. Uh, But there's, there's going to be so many, and a lot of them are going to come out of the bullpen because there were so many guys. And we're not even going to touch on some of them because some of them were here for 20 seconds and some of them were here for 20 games and some of of them were here for half the season. There are some dudes that we're going to get into that we actually have a lot of confidence in returning whose name is not Alexis Diaz or Luis Sessa, And it starts with Buck Farmer. Although I have noticed, Steve, and and depending on where you look, MLB Trade Rumors has an arbitration uh, estimate for him this coming year however both FanGraphs and spot track are saying that he's no longer arbitration eligible so i'm not sure which one's which here but i'm thinking that if he's arbitration eligible he's back for sure
1: oh he's a lock if he is in fact arbitration eligible he's a lock if he's not you know i would put his chances at 50 50 to be back with the reds i think that they'll they'll make him an offer just the question is what does he get from elsewhere in the league uh but I, I'm going to I'm going to try and be uh, channel you actually and just be optimistic that he is, in fact, arb eligible and he'll be back in this Reds bullpen because I think he was a valuable arm down there uh, in a season where there weren't a lot of valuable arms down there.
0: I want to see him back. That breaking ball that he has was absolutely filthy and when he was on he would drop that in for a strike and you'd have right-handed guys ducking out of the way think that that thing was going to hit him in the shoulder and then all of a sudden it hits the corner on the inside and umpire's like all right yeah he
1: got into he got into 44 games jeff 47 innings pitches total uh you know he had an era for people that like to know about era it is 3.83 but his fip was 3.03 so even as good as he was he was still just a little bit unlucky
0: relief pitching era is just such a it's it's Mm -hmm. so it's such a weird game to play but yes there were a lot of other statistics that showed us that buck farmer is the kind of guy we want to see who's your guy who's your next guy that you're looking at that you're like this dude's got to be back
1: next year so it's a little it's a little difficult to really dial it in because i have questions about who's going to be the fourth and the fifth starter but we've touched Mm -hmm. on sessa already we've touched on overton uh I think if I'm going to go just straight reliever, a guy that I really want to be in this bullpen uh, that wasn't on the injured list, mind you, this is somebody that was healthy and pitching at the end right. of the year. That's Reaver San Martín. I think he really found his yeah. groove. I think he slid into a spot, and we found where he can bring the most value to this Reds pitching staff. And you know, it wasn't great early on when he was in the starting rotation. He got he got beat up. And he went down to Louisville, he worked on some things and he came back and, and there was a difference. He actually went down there and put in the work and, and that's what you want to see. You know, we talk all the time about relief pitchers being a, a, a fickle group of, of baseball players and right. you never know what you're going to get from year to year. But if the River San Martin that finished the year is the guy that comes back next year, that's a valuable arm down in the bullpen. And I would like to see some more of him.
0: Now, there's a question with Rivar Samartin, and there's a question with a lot of different guys based on the injured relief pitchers who are coming back and who may or may not be healthy when it comes to opening day. The biggest question with Revar Samartin, because if he is the only left-hander on the roster, it is a lock because he absolutely deserves it. Now, there's two things that are go against them right now: in that he has options, he could be sent down to AAA, and what do the Reds do with Justin? Wilson, you remember him? He was on the roster. I know he got hurt early on in the season, but he was phenomenal in the very tiny sample size that he got to pitch early on. Very solid lefty out of the bullpen, and the Reds have a club option on him for 1.22 million. If they pick that up, I do wonder if they enter the season with two lefties. I don't think I'm I'm of the opinion you can never have too many lefties in your bullpen, but I also think, yes uh, <clears throat> pun intended um, i also I also wonder a little bit about justin wilson's health. <laughs>
1: You know, and that's the question. And I think that's why you want more than one lefty because you know, at 1.22 million, listen in baseball dollars, that's peanuts. That is not very much money. And with the success that he was having early on, uh, coming off the injury, you know, there are some question marks, but I think that's, that's money is worth the risk. He's not priced out of taking a chance on him. And I think there's room for both of those guys in the bullpen. I think you do want more than one left-hander. Uh, so yeah, I'm thinking that they pick up that option in they bring him back. I think but they'd be that leads smart me. They'd be smart oh, absolutely. But that yeah. leads me to this then. If they pick up Justin Williams' option, do you see them non tendering Jeff Hoffman, who's arbitration eligible and coming off injury as well?
0: See, and Jeff Hoffman is the first name that we are mentioning on a just gigantic list of possible non-tender candidates because there's a gigantic list of prospects who need to be added to the rule, or to added to the forty-man roster to protect from the Rule Five draft. Now we're going to dive into this a little bit more in a later episode, so we're not going to go too crazy in depth as to why that's the case. But Jeff Hoffman is definitely one of those guys on that list. And I think that the answer about Jeff Hoffman, it, it does become if you're tying him to Revar Sammartin and Justin Wilson, because I know Hoffman's a righty, but, but if you're tying to those two guys, I would rather have those other two guys. Like mm-hmm. I get it. Hoffman and pitched okay, but yeah.
1: And, it, and it's less about the handedness for me there than it is one having the available dollars to pick up Wilson's option and then also the roster spot itself. So if yeah. you're going to keep, if you're going to keep Sam Martin and you're going to keep Justin Wilson, I think you got to start looking at who are we going to let go to fund it and make space for it. And for me, Jeff Hoffman is that guy because we now have other people in this bullpen that can be the long man that can be the guy to get you two or three innings or jump in and give you a start. I think that his arbitration dollars become expendable and, and that's the first cut you make to make room.
0: And if we want to loop, uh, you know, uh, loop him in with a different group of pitchers. We can loop him in with the other right-handers that are coming off the injured list. And if you're telling me that we're going to get back a healthy Sims, Anton, and Santiago, I'd rather have all three of those guys than Jeff Hoffman.
1: One hundred percent. And, you know, I think TJ Antone is probably still the biggest question mark of this bunch uh, coming off his second Tommy John. I'm not quite sure how he's going to respond. I mean, I've been following him on social media and he is out there busting his butt to get back. I mean, there yeah. is no question he is putting in the work. Uh, if he's ready to go on opening day, fantastic. I'm not so sure that's going to be the case, but even with just the other names you mentioned, Tony Santion, Lucas Sims, uh, you still start to run into a spot where you only have probably eight bullpen slots that you're going to be able to fill. You're going to have to start cutting guys. I think that Jeff Hoffman loses no matter which way you slice this.
0: And let's be honest. And I should have prepared more for this because this is a great question that I just now came up with, but Apples to apples comparison between Derek Law and Jeff Hoffman. Is there really that big of a difference?
1: There's really not, other than price. And so I think right. that becomes Derek Law, your, much cheaper. Der, yeah. Derek Law is much cheaper, and he's under arb control. So I think you, yeah. I think if you're the Reds, you pick up on Law, and again Hoffman loses.
0: And there's some other guys in here as well that, uh, honestly, I think that they're going to be a part of the Reds roster. Simply because they have have options. I don't necessarily know that they're part of the opening day bullpen if health is not a factor for most of these guys, but I'm looking at Fernando Cruz, Joel Kunal, Dowry Moretta, Ian Jabot, Art Warren. Every single one of those guys have at least one option. So it's highly likely they start the year in triple-A
1: uh that's probably a good bet there's still a few more slots to be filled you know and there's guys you know example Fernando Cruz you know his numbers look pretty good but it's a very small sample size he was under 15 innings pitched so I don't think we really know what we know about him Uh, I think Joe a couple
0: of tight spots and look pretty good though
1: he did. He did. But again, I, I, I don't want to hang my hat on the hope of the small sample size. So, you know, I think that in, if you're looking at that, Joe Connell probably gets an edge there and being a guy that did it over the course of a season and had moments of doing well. I mean, you know, he like every other relief pitcher out there, bad outings, but you know, if it's head to head between those two, you, I think you give the nod to Kunal and you, you spot Cruz in when you have a spot.
0: And the the thing that I uh, – Ian Jabot is so confusing to me, and so is Dowry Moretta because I think both of them have showed flashes of goodness at different points throughout this past year and Dowry Moretta for the past two years – but I look at both of them, and Dowry Moretta himself, I almost thought the Reds used up all of his options this year. They kept sending him down to AAA every single time. So they kind of tipped their hand with that. Jabot stayed on the major league roster for much of the year. But again, if if, if Sims, Santion, and Antone all come back healthy, and you do keep Wilson, you do have Sam Martin you do have Alexis Diaz, and you do have Buck Farmer, Ian Jabot just doesn't fit in.
1: Yeah, we've, we've already identified nine pitchers that we think (laughs) should be in the bullpen. And that doesn't even really take into account the four and five. We're going to even have to cut down from there. So that's where the options game is going to come in. And I think, you know, like we've talked about, you can't have enough starting pitching and you really can't have enough good arms stashed away. So, you know, I have no problem with them running the shuttle bus back and forth between Louisville and Cincinnati as needed to keep the healthiest, most rested guys on the roster throughout the season. Uh, I know there's some limits in the up and downs uh, that aren't injury related, but I think the Reds could exploit... uh, as best they can keeping fresh arms around uh because you mentioned this and it's a great point the starters are still young there's gonna yeah. be days where they just don't have it and you're gonna wear out your bullpen
0: 100 percent. and yeah this is definitely gonna be a topic that we talk about quite a bit and the other part about all of this is that the reds have to make decisions on these guys well before opening day we're talking about like in a couple of months here december oh, you know
1: absolutely <laughs> so I think that's probably a good, a good spot to put a pin in the, the pitching conversation. But listen, Jeff, the Reds made their first multi-year deal of the offseason. And you can bet it's going to be a hit. You might even th- say it could be a winner, as some might say but before I talk to you about that (laughs) take the over, before I talk to you about that though, I want to talk to you about Built Bar if you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys, you know, Jeff talks about it all the time, he has a whole drawer of these things at his house that he now keeps under lock and key with a a security system on them so that he doesn't have to share he's addicted to them, I love these things I keep them in my locker at work, they're a great protein filled snack that does not blow up your diet, and guess what, Uh, they have a really great flavor that's pretty indulgent, actually. It is cookie dough covered in chocolate. Uh, That's right. Built Bar has things that you would not believe that are healthy. It's their newest flavor, the cookie dough chunk puffs, and they are amazing. They're light. They have a chewy texture. They've got real cookie dough chunks in them. And of course, It's 100% real chocolate covering them as well. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, you stay healthy. You stay on track with your fitness and your diet. The cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. So you can run to Built.com right now and snag a box for you and the family, or you can just keep them all to yourself because they are the perfect treat. You can find a really good hiding place in your house, hoard them up, keep them under lock and key like Jeff does so you don't have to share. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and they're tasty. Chocolate covered cookie dough. Do I really need to say more? Uh, what's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently. They provides tons of health benefits. You can eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Uh, You're going to love the new cookie dough. Joe- cookie dough chunk puff whether you need a snack for your workout a late night treat or you just need to grab a quick bite built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar ditch the calories the fat and the sugar and grab yourself a built bar you can go to built.com right now and use the promo code lockedon 15 to get yourself 15% off your next order of the cookie dough chunk puff or any other product that built has going for them there's so many different flavors so much good stuff I am still pretty addicted to the cherries barcia i can't get enough of those things that's what i keep stashed for snacks at work go to built.com right now use the promo code locked on 15 to get 15 percent off your next order at built.com you can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you're on YouTube. You've clicked subscribe and the little notification bell. Our good buddy, Chad, he sent out a tweet the other day. Apparently, he forgot about the bell because you know he's a little bit older and technology is hard for him. Don't worry, though. I got his brother to go help him. He'll never miss an episode, and you won't miss an episode either if you click that bell you can also follow us on twitter you can follow the show at locked on reds you can follow me at s Offenbaker. that's with two f's and you can follow jeff at jeff Carr. that's jeff with three f's all right jeff multi-year deal the reds signed a multi-year deal but it was not with a player it is to create the great american ballpark sports book that's right Live betting is coming to the old ball yard where you can place your wager on the way in and collect your money, in my case, on the way out, or just be mad that you took the over like Jeff.
0: Yep. Just like space uh, Spaceball's the flamethrower and space balls the vending machine, we now have Great American Ballpark, the sports book, and it's gonna be open all year round, thanks to Bet. MGM. Yeah, like we said, multi year deal there. And, and I think it's interesting because sports have been moving this direction for years now. We, we've been talking about uh, obviously uh, Bet Online is our, one of our main sponsors, and talking about sports gambling is something that has become commonplace. And now we're to the point that probably the single most famous professional franchise for someone having problems with sports gambling. Now has a sports book at their stadium.
1: Uh, I know a lot of people have a lot of feelings about this, Steve, but honestly, I kind of like it. Well, and let's let's put a little a couple things in perspective. And and you just touched on it. And and I know I'm not going down this rabbit hole, other than to say yeah. there is a lot of increased sensitivity in the city of Cincinnati when it comes to baseball and gambling. I get it, but you know, the Reds are not the only professional sports team in town that are putting a sports book in their stadium coming to a pay core stadium near you very, very soon, there's going to be betting over there as well. This is the way it is. This is the, the nature of the beast. This is how it works now. And there are a lot of implications and there's a lot of side conversation that's going to spiral out of this. I will just tease a little bit coming up next week, Monday and Tuesday, I'm going to have a two-parter between me and Mo Edgar. And we're going to spend some time talking about this because he does a lot of things with the sports betting too. And you know, it is a very fine line that, that these professional sports leagues are having to walk when they tell their players you're banned for an entire year in the case of some NFL players for making bets or you're banned for lifetime, which is the punishment in Major League Baseball. And yet we're going to have an official uh, betting sponsor and we're putting a sports book right in the ballpark. It it is a very fine line.
0: I. I do like how it's moving, though, because this is something, and as I saw on Twitter, uh, somebody tagged us in a tweet and said, well, Jeff can smash the over now. Yeah, there's probably going to be a a moment where I may have had a beverage or two that I decide that officially we're going to finally have that uh, home run from Alejo Lopez whenever they really need it the most or something like that. But overall, I I think this is where – we are moving. And with Ohio legalizing it starting in the beginning of January, it's going to be on mobile apps. It's going to be all over the place. And kind of like, I think it's like Bet Fred or something that they have at uh, Paycor, Don't Call Me Paul Brown Stadium is what theirs is going to be. So again, like Skyline and Gold Star, you got the Reds and the Bengals doing totally different sponsorships. Uh, but when you look at this, I think that this is progress. Now, I'm interested because. Before I saw that it's going to be open year round, I was thinking, okay, maybe they take that speakeasy down first baseline and they turn that into the sports book. But they said it's not going to be something that the stadium has to be open for because starting in January, it's going to be open year round. So where are they putting this thing?
1: You know, outside of building something, I think the only space available to them is probably the second floor of the ticket windows building because the other building is the Hall of Fame. It's full. I mean, there's not a lot of space and I don't, I I can't imagine that it wouldn't result in Cam Miller protests if they try and put the (laughs) the sports book in in the in the Hall of Fame. So (laughs) although it would be kind of poetic, it would be kind of poetic if the Reds put a sports book in the Hall of Fame. But I think I think it's going to be on on that other building because that area can be open without opening the stadium gates. So and I think that's what they're shooting for to allow the year round access.
0: Makes sense to me. It give me a reason to go down to the ballpark whenever there's not a game going on. I, I love going down to the ballpark. So any reason you can get me to go down there, it's uh, some pretty good stuff. But it, what do we think of the irony here? And uh, Steve Mancuso kind of tweeted this out about the Reds getting a a, a multi year deal for something that is obviously going to make them money, as opposed to a multi year deal for the product on the field.
1: Well, you know. It's all about narrative, right? And the problem with this particular baseball ownership group is that its its designated spokesman and mouthpiece, uh, son of Bob, Phil Castellini, is terrible at his job. Because if he was smart, and he's not, he would have come out and he would have painted this much like Mike Brown painted the naming rights deal and the sports book coming into PayCore Stadium, which was to say, we have to find ways to generate revenue that we're going to reinvest in the team because we know this young core has got to get paid. And that's what Mike Brown said about paying Joe Burrow and and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all those guys. We got to bring the money in now so we can pay those guys. So if Phil was smart, he would come out and preach the same narrative. We need to make sure that we have money to lock up Nick Lodolo and lock up Hunter Green and lock up Tyler Stevenson and but he's not saying that. And you know what makes me wonder? If they have any intention of doing it at all.
0: Yeah, but a little bit. By the way, uh, show of hands, vote, and uh, you can put a, like a hand emoji or whatever down in the comment section or tweet us a hand emoji. Uh, show of hands that we will officially refer to Phil as Son of Bob on Lockdown oh, Red. Son of want.
1: Bob, I got it. Son of uh, Yeah, story. all in favor. Son yep. of Bob.
0: <laughs> Let the record show. Nobody was opposed. Um, Yeah. So moving forward, this is going to be the way that sports teams move. And this is just the Reds jumping in and and making sure that everything's set up for it. I I don't have an issue with it. I find the irony of it fascinating because I love irony. Irony is the best part of life. But here we are. And that's uh, that's pretty much where we're at.
1: Yeah. And that's probably a good place to just leave it for the day, Jeff.
0: I think so as well, Steve. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on the On Reds podcast. If this is your first time, make sure that you're subscribed on your favorite podcasting app and you're subscribed on YouTube and you have that bell clicked so that you can be notified when we go live and when we have a new premiere. Mr. Dotson looking at you. Check out the Big 50, by the way. I hear that's a pretty good book. Uh, also, Check out locked on MLB as Paul Francis Sullivan has you covered on the MLB playoffs every single day with his unique perspective and plenty of humor as locked on MLB is just like locked on Reds, It's free and available on all platforms and coming up tomorrow, the locked on reds official award show. We're going to talk about the best pitcher, the best hitter, and the most obscurest obscure X red from 2022. You're not going to miss it, Steve what is all of this? I mean, I mean, we got great American ballpark, the sports book. We've got so many pitchers that we don't know what to do with them. Maybe what's that all mean for you and me?
1: Well, for you, that means you're going to be taking out a second job in order to recover your losses from taking the over. But what it means for everybody else is that you and I are going to continue to be locked in on this team, locked in on the moves they're making or not making, uh, continuing to unravel this roster because me and you, We are locked on Reds every single day. Son of God.